0: You've reached the Union of Metro Street podcast, where we discuss the San Diego music scene of the late 80s and all of the 90s, from the shows we worked to the shows we played. Here we go.
1: Was, uh John Cougar Concentration Camp and we've got Clint sitting in with us. What's Hi up, brother? Everybody. How you doing, man? Nice to see you. Yeah, good to see you. It's been it's been a long time, oh, huh? Yeah, it sure has. <laughs> so John Cougar Concentration Camp. What what was the name of that song again? That was uh, Not That Dumb. That's a
2: song we recorded back in two thousand four, I think. Oh, okay. So you know I I'm an original member of that band, John Cougar Concentration Camp. Started with Chris Fields and my best friend Travis Milligan, back in the short-lived house. And uh, I think we had been together three months, and we put out our first 7-inch called Back in the Day. But, oh, okay, yeah. But I, 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 I was I had in that. that band from, uh, you know, 94 till 97, out of the band because I had family and kids. Went back to the band 2004, did a reunion, and had recorded some of that record right there but that's about it oh okay but my cousin travis had been in the band the whole time oh okay he was the bass player so okay yeah
1: all really right cool so yep. let's just dive down all the way down deep what got you into music and uh what age and, and wow right is it uh, skateboards or seems to be a yeah you know uh
2: when i was a young kid i, I was a young kid growing up in the ramona country estates actually and uh, a lot of my friends you know they're all into skateboarding, so I got my first kamikaze skateboard, I think, and then yeah. got into Palo Peralta. A lot of my friends back in those days were building backyard ramps and stuff, right? right. And this, uh, you know, this is like I would say '86, you know, okay. And uh, you know, with of course, we all know that with skateboarding comes like punk rock music. You know? mm-hmm. now, I, I mean, I was a young kid, my, my parents listened to all sorts of music growing up, so I had a variety of things that i did like but punk rock music was something that really hit me and i just loved it from day one you know especially you know the skate rock and stuff and everything that comes with that uh my grandfather used to uh take me come pick me up and take me to uh delmar skate ranch oh yeah in delmar you know and he would pick me up every sunday and a couple friends and he would take us down there at nine in the morning and stay until like three o'clock wow like every sunday you know so that's what that's uh so crazy, skateboarding man. and i you know I've, I've been still skateboarding my whole life until i have recently uh you know kind of retired on that because working being old and taking slams doesn't go together right yeah but yeah uh you know just uh i think skating and punk rock really go together so right uh my first days of playing music was you know because i was maybe injured or had an injury and i would pick up a guitar and start playing uh you know music of my favorite bands and i remember when i was young like oh man some of my first bands i liked here in san diego was like social spit you know? okay yeah really loved that man uh santa claus was another oh yeah yep. you know yep. uh eminence so i remember at I don't know, I was 14 or 15. My mom taking me to home Avenue and drop me off and watching, you know, Christ on parade and RKL and, yeah. and all these other, you know, social spit and Santa Claus would be always be opened up for these bands. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Awesome. I really, I really, uh, the, Not,
1: this is like memory lane here. Yeah. yeah that's, that's <laughs> the whole thing. Like I, I haven't even thought about Santa Claus for quite a while. Um, the name was always like, why the fuck would you pick that name? But it made sense because you would remember it. Oh, and I don't remember the, the drummer's name, but he was he, Paul. Paul, and yeah. he he did vocals and did drums, right? He, yeah, that, and that was okay. that
2: was something unique about that band. Yeah, uh, was the drummer sang and yeah. I don't think there's many bands that do that even today. You know, yeah. I think you see it more today than you did back then. But back then, when you would see a drummer singing, you'd be like, whoa.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and they they had a, more of a metal edge to them too. So it was even. Oh.
2: Oh, absolutely.
1: So they could play with bands back then where so yeah. if you were living still in Ramona or Uh we
2: had uh I, I was living in Ramona as a kid skateboarding. I think my parents moved to Santee in nineteen eighty six. Okay. So when when we moved to San, San I mean, I used to go to Ramona shows when I was a kid. My friends were uh, into punk rock, so we would go to sh- their parents, would take us, drop us off the Palisades, you know, shit like that. But I didn't start getting into uh, playing music until I got down here in the Santee area, you know.
1: And that was in 86, because I moved out there in 87, I believe. Sure. So, and the scene out there, it was kind of weird being out in Santee for me, because I was from Mira Mesa. Yeah. So, I uh, started in, in Point Loma, but that's most of my time in Miramisa. Mesa, went out there, and then as we all know, talked about it before, the Wiener Schnitzel, and that's where short lived and everything came from. Yeah. But the bands around there, you would have bands like, um, well, Psychotic Waltz, who were still Oslon back then, if I remember. Oh, wow. okay. And then um, there was kind of like this young scene emerging, there's bands like Blasphemy and other metal bands that would do house parties. Yeah. Did you go to any of those house parties back then? or um, No, <laughs> I did not. Because it was kind uh, of a different scene. Yeah, it is. Especially it for no, I love house parties.
2: Yeah. House parties are some of the best shows. But yeah, uh, I, I'm trying to think. I think one of the house parties that I remember, it wasn't Ramona, it was the ninth. Short-lived and uh, The Missing Children or something okay. like that. And it was yeah. like a backyard house party, which are, are still fun. You know? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm trying so. to think. Uh, was that in Ramona? Yeah,
2: it was Ramona, but that's when I was down here. But the show just happened to be Ramona. I think th- I would say that was 91.
1: Right. Era. Yeah. That sounds oh. maybe 90 because I started. Yeah, because you remember the, the ninth had their place in Spring Valley called The Cave. I do remember that. And they had the shows there. I never been to a show there. I've been to the house once,
2: just cruising there uh, through there with Ara and uh, Jeff Kelly because mm-hmm. they were buddies. But I was, you know, friends with them. But he just took me over there. and We cruised around. They showed me around. I was really. Uh, uh, I was wowed by the, you know, it looked like a cave. And yeah. I was like, yeah. And you know, why they call this thing the cave. I mean, they had to paper mache the whole inside looked like a
1: cave, which I thought was really genius. It went yeah. all the way down through all the rooms. So sure. to get into Ara's room, you had to duck down and, you know, you didn't, you had to know where the doorknob was for the bathroom and everything. <laughs> I always thought that was so brilliant. And then Jerry, so they had palisades, seats, three rows of seats, I believe, in their. I thought it their- was like uh,
2: at least 10, right? I don't even remember, but it, um, it was a weird uh, concept. It, it was like a roller skate ring slash movie theater almost. They left those rows of seats there. For yeah, a while, right.
1: And the yeah. the sign, the Dick Floyd show. Yeah, where the video they the ninth did a couple of videos, and you could see that. I've named a band that. Yeah, but so that was kind of when, eventually, when I started doing more, and you know, Short Live was doing, and we were working with the Ninth, and that's how I ended up getting to Soma. I'm trying to put together when because we were in the same scene. Yeah. You know all the same people. Yeah. But like at some point it went from see I was go to those a couple of those metal parties because um, sure. Well for one trip west and uh, the singer of Oslan, psychotic Waltz, buddy I believe worked there. Okay. So I could go there and get my my records. Yeah. And then Brian lived in the same complex as where I was living, the guy in the wheelchair. Mm-hmm. And at some point it went from those metal backyard parties right. to we're kind of all hanging out through Wiener Schnitzel with Short-Lived. Um, they eventually got the Shady Lane apartment. Yep. And we started going to more shows. I started booking some shows. We go to iguanas or whatever. And then it just started to grow and grow. And at what point did you come in to – the scene there i i i remember i was uh, still part of the scene
2: but still just a young punk skateboarding still mm-hmm. you know really didn't know those guys back then but just still you know loving punk rock uh going to shows with my best friend who we to skate together every day you know being dropped off at of the palisades wash all bash hall uh and then uh what else
1: there's a California theater as well yeah, with California still, theater. um, uh, there's a lot, of, there's a lot
2: of venues. Um, yeah, I, I but as far as coming in, into the summer days, uh, I think it was after I met those guys in short lived, um, a lot of backyard. They, I had met them at a backyard party. A friend of mine said, Hey, you love these guys, man. And so I went there and there was, uh, I think it was, um, Tommer's diner, uh, Short-lived, and Converter. That was oh, the okay. Show. So, and Broccoli Shoeshine, that was the other. Oh, yeah. So, you know, known. and that's how I met all yeah. those guys, you know. Yeah. And then, and it, you know, we, we would, as soon as I hooked up with those guys, it was all about, you know, skateboarding kind of took a back seat to uh, going to shows and, and playing music.
1: Yeah. Know? So.
2: Yeah. Because a lot of those guys didn't skate, but.
1: Yeah, well. But. Even by then, I was barely skating that much. I mean I'd ride the red cur about, but sure. it was all about trying to do the band thing and mm-hmm. to to be part of the scene and now Absolutely. you know, something outside of Wiener Schnitzel we had all together. So it got more into the the drinking and just trying to create music and yeah. trying to, you know, find ourselves. But for me, I would have been um at this time is obviously the early twenties. Um I think when I first started booking shows, I just turned 21. So at what age would you have been then? So
2: if... Well, I think I was about 19. Okay. Yeah, so so you're, you're just a couple of years younger than yeah, me. Yeah, I just turned 50. So.
1: Okay, I am just turned 54. Yeah, so... So you were still really, really kind of young. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, I started hanging with those guys in Charlotte when I was about 18, 19. Okay. Yeah, so... And I do remember coming to the Selma shows and seeing you in a... In, I thought to myself, I was like, wow, he's got, like, face piercings. And, like, oh, yeah. I think, uh, the wrestler uh, from the Cyndi Lauper videos, uh, Captain Lou, I yeah, think yeah. he was, like, the only guy that had something like that back in the day. But yeah. you were you were another one of the guys that I was, like, intrigued by. I was like, wow. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was really cool. You know? I
1: had all the nose and yeah. then my ears. And then later
0: I got more. And you had, you had tons of metal in your face. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I
1: would mean, yeah, be calling yeah. everything from tackle box to – right you know. Yeah. You go fishing today, why? Because you got one of your lures stuck in your <laughs> that was, Thanks, Sammy. That, uh <laughs>
3: we did
0: that Jim Rose uh, circus show, did one of the guys, was it Lifto or the Enigma that
1: said, man, that looks like it hurt to you? Yeah, it, it probably would have been Enigma. He and I hit it off pretty well. And I was looking at his piercings just going, damn, and his whole face is tattooed and here I am just like, you know, I thought it was pretty, pretty mellow considering, but and on, on that being said, it was kind of drastic. The only other person I knew of was um, Barney from Napalm Death, who had his nose pierced three times. And that's awesome. all I would wear. I had two on one side and one in on the other. Right. Because I didn't like the septum one. But, I, you know, my ears were all knocked up with I had so much metal on my face. Sure. I just started replacing with tattoos as I got older. Right. But I had to take him out to get a real job. But that's that's me, and it's not here. So, going back to the, the um, when uh, you're hanging out with with uh, all the short lived guys and domers yep, sure. and all of that. Did, yep. did you already play an instrument or? Yeah, I mean,
2: I was always just jamming at home on my. Never was in a band actually. Right, never in a band, just okay. just jamming at home and stuff, but. I remember when the guys brought me over. They they were like, "Hey, we used to have an apartment, but now we got a house." And we, my parents lived in Santee at the time, and I lived with them. And it was pretty much not not even far from there. So they invited me over, and they had converted their whole garage of the house into like a practice spot, you know. And it was really great soundproof and. I mean, they, and the, one of the greatest things was they would have ho- these house parties, you know. Yeah. And Short Lived would play. And they would have bands from like Chula Vista. I remember this is when I first met all the guys from Chicken Farm. Yeah. They had, yeah. came down, you know. And and I think Billy Club had played that night. And that's, you know, Rob Logic. and Yeah. The, it's, they're the mice now, but it, they're called Billy Club back then. But that was like one of the sh- house party shows. And I was so em- enamored by the the talent and how yeah. good these bands are. I mean, chicken farm, I think, you know, it is funny. Cause like, the, you know, that's the Chula Vista scene. And we had this scene and, but that kind of like brought the whole scene all together. Like those house parties and, yeah. And everybody hanging out, you know, and, and yeah. Oh, chicken farm was so good. I remember yeah. how great they were.
1: I, to this day, yeah. cannot sing their praises. I, I, yeah, great band. So much love for them. Oh yeah, absolutely. Just they, they, yeah. Sure. I've sure. I've had to bring that up many times. I'm probably boring the listeners with it, but <laughs> Chicken Farm. My God, that whole South Bay scene mm-hmm. was just insane. So absolutely. much talent.
2: Yeah, the Kids was another. Yeah, phenomenal band. You know, Jason Whedon played bass for Chicken Farm, and he had started uh, the Kids with his friend Jeff. And Vic, Vic uh, brought B you know, B-side player's drummer now. But mm-hmm. He was the drummer for the kids. back, then. And that was another... You know, I mean, I've been in many bands, you know? Right. And, and uh, something I can say about being in a band is... Uh, it doesn't matter who's in the band. It's just, like, it's the dynamic of it. Yeah. It doesn't even matter how good you play the instruments, It's just, like... Like, I've been in a lot of bands where it just doesn't mesh. You know what right. I mean? But oh, there's yeah. sometimes... It, th- you get these guys together and there's a certain magic. Oh yeah. Know? Yeah. And I know a lot of bands that have that. Like you know, I thought the kids had that definitely chicken farm had that. Yeah. Uh, you know, but yeah, it's something that's uh, special, I think, you know? Yeah. But yeah, those shows back then were great, you know, and hanging out at the short lived house. He had so many characters coming over, you know, that's when I first met uh, the guys from CTD, Brent and Lenny and, Mark. uh, yeah. Uh,
1: Dude, it was or it was, Jack, yeah, Jack, <laughs> Jack's trouble sack. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah, I still yeah. see him every uh, now and again, oh, too. yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: He's still doing the courier, so I see him on his bike. Oh, cool, yeah, I, I see think him. he's doing I, I too. I do
2: see him all the time, too, actually, at uh, postal shows,
1: yeah. Oh, okay,
2: yeah, um, but uh, yeah, those days were awesome, man. And you know, I started playing that's when I started playing music back back then, mm-hmm. started jamming with uh. Matt Newell from Converter. Right. We started a band together. I had a friend from the Navy, Travis Milligan. He was the original drummer for John Googer, but before John Gugger, me and him had been in a couple of bands. One of those bands was uh, called Ed, and I always remember, like, the sticker. It was, like, Ed, and it was, like, this, you know, dumb guy with his hat flipped up, and he had his mouth open, and he just, full beer cans were just going in his mouth, you know? <laughs> and Ed is... It was abbreviated for educated drunks. So okay, but it was just a three piece band. We were just fucking around, but it was kind of good, you know. We got we got to play with Mr. T experience and stuff. Oh, the band kind of sounded like cringer, you know. It was a okay, three piece, yeah. so it, it was really fun. So that was my first experience, you know, playing in a in a real band, you know, okay, playing yeah. shows. So and then after that, it was uh, this band called Filter that we did. Uh, it was short, it was oh, ironic, it was short lived, <laughs> uh, but we had played some cool shows with uh, you know, short lived uh, Dahmer's Diner, um, Chicken Farm. We, we all went out to Yuma, played on a just a tractor trailer in the middle, middle of the desert.
1: Oh, no way!
2: And that's one of my dreams, I, dude. It was so awesome. It was like a generator in the background. Uh, like, like I said, all those bands played, uh, earlier family bombers were playing face to face played that show. And that's when I first saw face to face. I was like, Oh, these guys are so great. Yeah. And a month later I saw a flyer that face to face is playing in the dungeon at yeah. Soma, you know? Yeah. Uh, so I went to that show and saw them, but I already knew before that I was like, Oh dude, face to so, face is like a main stage. Like band. I mean, they, they were so good. Yeah. Know? but you know a lot of people didn't hear about them when they had played the dungeon and all that. I think I think that's like right maybe before uh, they blew up, you know.
1: That's exactly. I don't yeah. remember how I even got a hold of them. Sure. Or maybe they got a hold of me, but that's yeah. you know that's how we had to start bands out and had to cut their teeth. Yeah. Um and then yeah, once they came through and started pushing, that just that put things to a different level. They were so much fun when when we were all young. Just when they would pull up in their van, they had this little thing. Trevor would usually be driving, but Matt and I were the ones that were really goofy, and Rob was a little bit more reserved. Sure. But they would pull up. Of course, you know, come out to meet everyone. Throw, just flick a quarter up in the air to see who can get it first. Whoever got it first, well, they were the first in line. And then piled on. It depended on Trevor's mood, obviously, but at least Matt and I and Rob, would go for that quarter it was you know we looked like we just looked like idiots but it was one of those things that made it so much fun you know that was back yeah. before everyone was you know starting to cut their teeth and sure so we're talking early days this is probably that would have been what 90 90 okay yeah. yep
2: not 90 yeah
1: so what <clears throat> would what, uh what'd you end up going from there were you still doing well you know i there was a
2: break in ninety because I had moved up to San Francisco, lived with a girl uh in the city, and then moved back in I would say ninety one. Okay. So I got back in all those guys and started hanging out, you know, at the short lived house and stuff. So ninety two.
1: Okay. So
2: yeah. But uh yeah, I'm you do any music when you
1: were up there or no,
2: I did not. You just kinda No. Skateboarding and living and working and
1: and the girl and the girl yeah. yeah a
2: girl that was ten years older than me I was nineteen she was twenty nine she was oh. doing you it was a good it was a good gig I mean she got me a <laughs> job at Victoria's Secrets oh shit I mean I was Damn. they called me the stock boy but it was one of the best jobs ever man I was like <laughs> this is great so I did the you know the stock boy at uh, Victoria's Secrets and then did the hot dog cart you know, during the day in the city which is kind of fun
1: wow yeah. That's but, so uh, I think I've heard stories about the stock boy. Uh, that just sounds, it just it, like rings a bell.
0: That's when the uh, Victoria secrets catalogs were still pretty hot.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, sure, totally.
0: You could see stuff. And, oh yeah. Was, uh, hey yeah.
2: stock boy, go get me this bra. You know, this is how I know all about bra sizes, cap sizes, you know, and all that stuff. Give me a 34, uh, C and you know, I had to go up there and grab one and run over to the dressing room and you know, all the girls would be like, hi, <laughs> this is awesome. Love this. You know, I mean, I don't look like I do now when I was back then, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I moved back and, uh, you know, broke up with a girl, of course, um, moved back, got really into uh collecting records was a huge lookout records um collector loved everything from you know lookout and east bay punk yeah it's so funny because when i was living out there i I never went to gilman i could have just jumped jumped on the tram and went there yeah but i really didn't like had a clue until i got back you know yeah when i got back you know a lot of my friends were into that music you know they're showing me all these you know I remember Desby was into Sam I Am. You know, he was huge, which is still one of my all-time favorite bands. I I just love that man. Uh, You know, they're kind of poppy, and uh, Chris Fields always makes fun of me, He calls them college rock. But uh, I think they're great.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I I think they did play once. (laughs) I do remember them. Um, We went up there on a little tour, and uh, it was short-lived, and some of the guys from Struggle. Yeah. And short lived played. I'm trying. They they played Gilman, and we were we were just up there for a couple three days. I think they might have played somewhere else, as well. I'm not sure. But when I was up there, that's you know we were in the thick of it. I remember I got a flipper seven inch. I talked to um, uh, Tony from Ill Repute, and that's how I got Ill Repute. And he's like, Yeah, I'm gonna come down with the Offspring and the Grim. And so I had him come down and play. But the scene yeah. up there at Gilman, it's, it was crazy. I mean, it was it was so tight-knit, you know, the early Green Day and, sure. and all that. It was just incredible. The amount of music that they were putting out. And then, of course, you got Maximum Rock and Roll up there. Yep. Um, was Flipside from up there, or were they Ventura? I think that's a... I thought
2: that was Santa Cruz or Ventura area okay. uh, magazine. Yeah. But we definitely, uh, rock, Maximum Rock and Roll.
1: Yeah. Was definitely from there. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, you know, book your own fucking life was out of Maximum Rock and Roll, wasn't yes, it?
2: Yes, absolutely. Which which is great. That was awesome. Right.
1: Which reminds me later, we'll, we'll touch base on it again, but remember, uh, Genetic Disorder? Yes. I still have a copy. The cartoon one, uh, it's not the devil, is it? The devil one? I don't remember. But Larry, who did that? Yeah. But nonetheless, so that whole that scene up there is lookout. Hugely, yeah. Hugely, hugely influential on a ton of bands.
2: Absolutely.
1: I'm Just gonna, having them play down here is we knew we were going to do good. Jawbox, Jawbreaker. Yep. Anything from that. Dead
2: Kennedys.
1: Uh, yeah. Well, I Operation never got Ivy. to have them. Yeah. Op Ivy, and yeah. then um, what was, there was another. Then you get like girls versus boys.
2: Yep, uh, Monsula was another great band from there. Um, uh, God, yeah. there's so
1: many great bands from up in that. So that, yeah. that so L- that started L- L-
2: writers. So many good bands. Yeah. Is,
1: would you say that was a heavy influence as far as your music writing oh, or? Absolutely. Okay.
2: Yeah, definitely. I would say uh, uh, the East Bay punk uh, scene and definitely the scene in Chicago. I would say. Okay. You know. I mean was a huge Screeching Weasel fan. I mean yeah. that's uh one of the bands that really uh you know their all their songs were always easy to play. Yeah. And, but it made me realize like you know sometimes the easiest stuff is stuff that sounds really good, you know. Yeah. But uh yeah no but I've always been into all sorts of music, you know. I, I like I before I was 21 I loved the straight edge scene, you know. Okay. I remember I lived in San Pedro right before I moved to San Francisco, and I used to go to this uh, club called Toe Jams and see bands like Infest and Madball, and, and uh, uh, Inside Out was a huge band. Uh, Zach Del Rosso from Raging Machine, that was his band before Rage.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, That's- they're called
2: Inside Out. And, and it's funny, Inside Out was some of the guys from Forced Down and Amenity, which came from San Diego. But they also were doing oh, you know, okay. Inside Out with, with up in Long Beach. But it was a huge hardcore, you know, Gorilla Biscuits, all that. I yeah. mean, they're from New York, but I loved all that. That whole scene was pretty awesome. You know, I loved, uh, I just love punk rock music. I mean, th- those were the good days, man.
1: There was a lot of, well, speaking of that scene and, and amenity, and there was a, a struggle used to do, did you, oh, this would be, I remember Dylan shows when he would do his shows down in his basement, they would cram, you know, 60, 80 kids into where you could just basically pogo. Yeah. And that's about it. And they were some of the most insane shows down there. I'd like that scene a lot. I like the diversity of it. Yeah. Even though I felt like a kook showing up in my leather jacket and all these kids are, just you know, the complete opposite, but there was still the unity Oh yeah, and again so, the talent out of that, yeah, was amazing. It was. Did you ever get into like any metal or like Slayer, Venom, and oh, Metallica and all that? Absolutely. Yeah.
2: yeah. Oh, big time. I mean, I like I said, uh, huge uh, fan of all music. Uh, but I remember, you know, going to off the record and finding Metallica Kill 'em All in the summer of nineteen eighty-three and going, yeah. "What's this?" You know. Yeah, and bring it home, going. Oh my God, this is amazing! Yeah, yeah. I mean, I loved you know Exodus, Venom, uh, so many bands, but yeah, I can't <laughs> get it off of man <laughs> Yeah, no. I mean, I, I, I did. I, I was a huge metal fan. My best friend, uh, growing up, was into punk rock. His older brother was a metal just maniac and. He would always drag me to all these metal shows. You know, he'd he'd be like, "Oh, you know, this band Megadeth is playing. You should come with me." And he would drag me to these shows, and I'd be like, "This is awesome, man! Yeah, but no, I've I've always, you know, loved. I think my you know earlier days, you know, grew up liking heavy metal. Of course, yeah, a huge ACDC fan, and uh, and Metallica and and uh, Queensrÿche and all that stuff. Definitely loved
1: all that stuff, but. Is that an influence in the music that you play, I or I don't know,
2: it, maybe subconsciously? Just, yeah, you just know? sort of back there, but sure.
1: yeah, yeah, because that's for me. Again, it, it, I guess my I have a lot of influences, obviously, but when I listen to any of the old Venom, I just I find myself in my bass playing style. It's if you take away. Basically, um, Cronus's vocals, yeah. which I also do, you know, distorted kind of you know growly vocals. But you take it away and you just get it down to the essentials. It's just another punk rock band. Yeah. So when I listen to Slayer and all the noodling and all that, I can appreciate it for what it is and the darkness sure. and all that. But for me, my main you know influence is just straightforward punk rock or rock and roll. For a lack of putting an absolute label on it. Yeah, yeah. And so that's... Influ- My bands have been crazy all over the map and the things that I've done. But with you... Same here. Like, what... um Where's your kind of, like... What's the whole... What's the niche? What's when you start playing? What, like... Where do you go, like... Influence-wise? You know, Is it I just mean, a three-chord thing? Or? Yeah,
2: usually. Just a three-chord punk thing. But, you know, I definitely... I definitely have that rock and roll influence you know mm-hmm. so you know like bands like turbo negro or um the stooges like anything like that like i uh new york dolls like i love all that kind of style of you know yeah music. the clash was one of the first bands that my parents had bought me a record you know oh that's I awesome mean, so but yeah i mean but like i said i think i'd like all types of music but these days, um, uh,
1: yeah, I don't know. <laughs> well, when you came back from um San Francisco, yeah, after you had to you know leave the the job at uh, uh Victoria's Secret, and yeah, so you came back down, did you go directly back to the short lived house and be like, hey guys, I'm back? Let's
2: uh, yeah, actually, yeah, pretty <laughs> much. I was like. You know, just like where's all my friends at? But, hey, yeah. I'm back. You know. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Uh, you know what's funny is I didn't know everybody back then. Don't think I knew knew uh Chris very well or Ray. Okay. But I knew I, I knew Dennis and, and Matt. You know. Yeah. But yeah, you know I had came back uh, and uh, like I said, we did all those. You know, I did the the Ed band with uh, Matt. We did filter. Uh, I did a band with the twins. We, you know, I remember like a lot of uh, during that time it was like Pearl Jam was Poplar and and Stone Temple Pilots and and uh, I don't know if this is after Tommers or before. I'm trying to think. Yeah, it's been a dude. this has been a long time. But yeah, you know, I I started jamming with the twins. That was really fun. We kind of did experiment a band called Shadrach never really never went anywhere but remember chris uh no uh what's his name um uh, frank melendez was inspired by it so he had recorded a four-track recording for us but the, that band really never, never really went anywhere but we did uh shortly start after that we started um me and chris i uh, had a falling out but we had uh became friends again and we started john cougar because my buddy travis merglin you know we had been in multiple bands together and we it was just like one night at a party we all happened to just like pick up guitar you know we're like let's do let's play some songs you know yeah so it was like let's play some screeching weasel songs so we did we did that you know yeah and then i think we just like came up with a rift and we made up a song called back in the day Okay. And that's where it all started. You know, that that was like the magical moment of starting that band was like we had that one song that people liked. You know? Yeah. And uh, you know, shortly after we had hit the, we only had a band for three months and we hit uh Nestor's studio. Oh yeah. And Frank had recorded us uh five songs on the first seven. Inch. Okay. So
1: And w- yeah. what band was that? That was John Cougar Concentration, camp, Oh okay. So, so that's yeah. the
2: Wow. Yeah. yeah. So it's it just total kismet and everything. Just oh yeah, yeah. It was it was awesome. that's brilliant.
1: Yeah, and so Frank. That's Frank from um, Sprung, Monkey. Sprung Monkey. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I remember, I remember him having a connection with the. And that's probably how I got a hold of Sprung Monkey. Yeah. Well, he was
2: good friends with all the guys in short lived. You know, with Ray and Dennis, and uh, you know, I noticed they had a. You know, short-lived, and Spawn Monkey had a connection. Yeah. All friends, and they played a lot of shows together, and that's another good band. I like Spawn Monkey. They're, yeah. They were, they were awesome. That was the first time I saw Sam I Am was uh, Spawn Monkey had opened up for them on the main stage at Market. Okay. Soma. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think I uh, think it's in one of my... Actually, yeah, I think I took a picture and put it on the group, because it was... I've been telling people, I found my old books. Yeah. So I got all the notes of everything. I was telling you earlier, like, you know, short-lived party, Um, Ramona with, you know, the band. So that's all of everything that I was writing down as things were growing. I thought I lost them for a while because I don't have flyers and I got rid of all the demo tapes and I've got rid of tons of stuff because I never thought after I left some, I thought I'm not going to be. You know that part of my life is done. I'm I'm doing this. I don't need this stuff. Sure. And now, as you can tell, as a collector, I kind of hold on to things a little bit more. <laughs>
2: oh, right. I love all
1: the I love all the skateboards
2: and stuff. This is
1: great. Yeah, and then I get the, the boardroom over there with with my train, and yeah, there's stacks and stacks. And do you still talk to Len? By the way, no, no, no. Do it just blatantly come out with it. No, he, I, do, he I, doesn't do anymore. He might be involved with the new one, but no, he. He no, I'm done with him. I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) I'm trying to be (laughs) as the the reality of it is, um, the damage that he had done, the shit that he had talked. Um, there's things that I started to find out more and more as time went on. Um, I've definitely am in my own self. And, um, it took me quite a few years and a lot of therapy to understand that, uh, it was just a lot of shit talked, and um, it just fucked with my head. I was young when I left SOMA, and young. I didn't know what I was going to do with my life. And um, he he kind of compounded it. He could have kept his fucking mouth shut. Sure. Yeah. And just, um, you know, not try to—Jerry, uh, what's a good way of putting it? To um, slander me and everything about me and put me in a category that I didn't quite fit in? Yeah. Trying to be as nice about it as possible. I hear you. I, 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 I can go off. Yeah, I don't.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: there's no love lost. Yeah. Well,
0: it's funny It's because funny we both left someone because of Lynn. Mm-hmm. Um, Lynn was a...
2: I remember he was not a, a very popular guy.
0: He was just a stress case. and I, sure. I mean, running a business, especially dealing with all ages, uh, there's a lot of... Uh, litigation, you know, you never know when something's going to go down. And so I I kind of get it where um, he was at. But at the same time, if it's going to stress you out, why do it? You know, and I brought him back to the third SOMA. Because originally it was Scott, Scott Rainer and I. Yeah. um, We wanted the, you know, Scott's like, hey, you know, if it wasn't for SOMA. You know, Blink wouldn't have been where they're at. You know, so sure. we got our start. So... When Golden Voice walked out on Metro, uh, I was bummed, you know, because actually Lynn had sold it and I was running for Golden Voice and then Lynn took off to go sailing and a couple of years later, you know, I'm like, I was out tour managing and still trying to keep my foot in the door with music and I'm like, shit, I really want to bring back uh, Soma. So yeah. Scott reached out to me, hey, I got some some money, let's let's do it, and we did. We brought Lynn back, and um, yeah, eventually, we opened, uh, actually, this is a 20-year 20, 20 reunion for, I shouldn't say 20-year reunion, it's, uh, the new SOMA's been open 20 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. October 2002, we, we opened the new SOMA, and I yeah. left in June of 2004, because I just couldn't deal with the stress that Lynn was throwing on me, and it's just like... I put a lot of time, and every weekend, pretty much, I was working every day because I worked my regular job, yeah. and then drove down from Oxnard to San Diego to do to run the building, and it was just too much. And then, yeah, the cost, He he kind of he had a psychological way of manipulating people, right? Um, pretty much to control. Yeah. So he was pretty abusive. You know the way he he ran people down, kind of trying to keep them under him mm-hmm. sure. and trying to control them yeah, and that's not how you do things. I've no. always been a people person. my way of doing things was actually being friends with everybody and you right. know there was no need for all the stress and and just running people down it just it doesn't get you anywhere really yeah. but obviously it worked for him, but i'm I, I, again he's he's in his seventies he's probably he's uh seventy two august um i'm surprised he's still around because of he just stressed out all the time i'm surprised he didn't have a massive heart attack yeah so
2: that i remember he wasn't a very world. popular person yeah remember he would announce shows and people were like fuck you len and, and it's so funny because he'd, he'd he'd be like now they'd be like no fuck you and everybody would just like shit on him you know <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, you know, I always thought that was yeah, hilarious. Everybody, yeah, they, everybody has their <laughs> issues. You know, Lynn, Lynn
0: was a businessman. and, and Absolutely. Trying to, and trying to run an all-ages club in San Diego where, you know, yeah. pretty much all the venues are 21 and up.
1: Yeah. You know? No, they, they were.
2: So,
0: and
1: I'll give it to him in this because we've discussed this before. We talked with Sammy, our old sound guy. He saw something in me. He let me go in there, book the bands, be the front person minus you know the important people like the city people until i was on the cover of the tribune but he let me get away with so much shit yeah how many bands i booked and i was just so in it i didn't see the money like i was just talking with mike spent the other day because mike's gonna come on and we're gonna talk and i didn't make shit i always had roommates I would sometimes have to pay the guys for cleaning up out of my pocket, so I'd leave minus money. I, there was no money in it for me. I was homeless multiple times while working
3: there. Yeah.
1: He kept me under him enough, and I was naive enough and focused and drunk enough to just try to keep booking the shows because I wanted to create the scene, and I, was, I felt so obligated to do what I was doing for the scene, for all the bands. Sure. That, that was my life. To be shit on afterwards by him and then to be shunned so much. Well, I kind of expect it from a lot of these other promoters. Yeah. But unlike a lot of the other promoters in this town and other people running clubs and all that, I did not have a silver spoon. I had a plastic spork and it was missing two teeth. I grew up from nothing. If it wasn't for skateboards and my art, I would have nothing. Like yeah. literally nothing. I would just in a bad place so he gave me an opportunity to do what i did with soma and one of these days we're going to go over it again and i'd love to have ray cam in to talk about it as well yeah but um, when he gave me the opportunity to book these shows there i just i did my thing yeah and he tried to take me under his wing and have me you know doing basically be more like him there's no fucking way i could i yeah right you know, I'm, there's just not, no way.
2: It's not, you don't even have a bone in your body to be like
1: that. No, I don't. I'm <laughs> fucking Irish. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> i mean, at the bottom of the barrel as far as, you know. But, you I also didn't have, I didn't have his money. I didn't, I had to do everything. If I was to book a band, I had to convince Len that it was worth it to book them. I had to do all my chemistry on the show to make sure it would work. I had to take chances all the time. So I had to be, and I'm not really a people person, really. Yeah. I'm an introvert in many ways, but I had to come out of my shell. So he did enable me to do what I was able to do for the scene. But that being said, too, um, you know, going back to the, he had the money. He drove around in the Porsche, so it looked a lot more, you know, higher up so people Like, Mike thought I was making money. I'm like, no, dude, I'm not like these other guys. Yeah. Len's money was not my money. So I didn't have Mommy and Daddy paying for everything so I could start a club and book punk rock shows. No, I did. Everything was grassroots. So everything, my approach with every band was grassroots. So as we started splitting um, the short-lived guys and I, and we started splitting that scene, um... Yeah, please. Uh, you know, eye to yeah. eye. Right. Then I just kind of I had to really stay in my shell. So I had a, I had a lot of things. You know, we're we're talking a lot about Len right here, but this is something that we've never talked about. You know, That's get true. to Yeah. So you know, there's more things that I need and to know, know about everything everything talk- go. And
2: you know, what's funny is like I've known you for a long time, and everything you're talking about, I I I've known, I I recognize those transitions. Yeah. And and. From even you know from Give me from from Union and then going to Metro because you were still there at Metro yeah and I think this is where uh, Len wanted you to take more control or, or be more like him yeah which a lot of people kind of you know uh, jokingly maybe behind your back said uh, he's trying to be like Len or whatever mm-hmm. but I could just tell that you were not comfortable with that you would you always want to do it your own way
1: oh yeah, yeah yeah I'm 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 getting chills thinking yeah, about it right exactly. now yeah. And one of the things that I hated the most, which I'm pretty sure is kind of already known, is I hate rock stars. Fucking despise them. Sure. Fuck you. Fuck your money. Fuck your band. When you come and play Soma, you're playing for our people. This is my house. Yeah. Treat it with respect. Sure. Do your thing. Do your band. Do you. Don't change for anyone. You respect me. And if I have Len coming and yelling at me because you done something or whatever, don't put me in the fucking...
2: I mean, I'd like to get back to the short-lived house and all that stuff because because it's so funny because I I, I don't know what it is. My older age, uh, I start, the timelines start getting fucked up, you know, and, and I start brain farting. But, dude, what were some of the worst bands? I mean, as far as like, oh, I mean, just like, just Rock stars, or yeah, I mean, I played it so much. Oh. Didn't, didn't listen to the rules. Trash the green room, or, oh, or just like well. just like you fucking. You were like, I, we're not having them Pennywise. Back again. Oh, really?
1: Pennywise. Straight up. I know this is going to bite me in the ass. And no, I'm not putting my archives in their fucking museum. Right. Fletcher. Just well, number one, the fans of of and their crew and Pennywise walked all over me. Like as if I was the the doormat, and then they would go to Len. Len tried to get Fletcher to kick my ass in the back of Soma. He told him straight up. He goes Fletcher. That's kind of my old duche voice, wow. but he's like, you know, I told Fletcher. He's and this this is so diluted at this point because I've told it so many times. But sure. He basically just told Fletcher, that "I don't like it when Pennywise plays." And so he says, you know, Fletcher's looking at me. He's you know seventeen feet tall and. He's looking at the top of my mohawk and straight through my brain. And I'm thinking, I'm going to have to fucking climb up this guy and freaking punch him in the head and then run, you know, just straight up his leg like a little cockroach and punch him and run. And then I'm going to have to freaking drive my car through Soma and hopefully hit Len. <laughs> this is bullshit. You know, It's I'm a little bit more dramatic right now because I could tell someone that's never heard this story. But sure. uh, the long and the short is Fletcher asked, you know, what the fuck's up with that? So, you guys come in here, you disrespect me, you disrespect the club, you guys are fucking rude. And then I have, and I pointed Lynn, and then I have this fucking asshole yelling at me for the shit that you guys pull. I go, that's fucking bullshit or something like that. I don't remember word for word. Yeah. Essentially, that's what it was.
0: Is that, I, is that all you have? Just, uh, Pennywise, no other.
1: Oh, oh no, I'm, I'm I'm just getting started. I'll, I'll, I'll i I'll just some shit out. <laughs> no, we are not do it, it too. <laughs> um, when uh, Flipper played Metro, no, they played um, Union of Market. So um, the bass player, I think it was bass player singer at that time, because you know they've gone through so much. He was he was coming down. He wanted drugs. Fucking Len tells me, well, you're a punk rocker. Go get some fucking drugs. I'm like, I don't fucking do drugs. I was, for one, this is going to come out eventually, but I I was clean off of dope. I I used to do meth, and then I stopped in 86 because I went to jail and, you know, fucked up. So I was clean. Right. I drank. I didn't even really like smoking pot because I didn't want to be a fucking hippie. So Lenzione at me to go and get some drugs for him to make him go on stage. And one of the crew where someone's like, you just go play, you're a bass player, you can just go, play. you know the songs. I'm like, I got a seven inch. I don't know. And I got to do my thing here. Yeah. Um. That that was kind of weird and awkward. Um. But when local bands, there's a few local bands and they would know if they listened to this, Um. who treated me like I was because hold on they're they're like please don't say it uh, well i'm not gonna call <laughs> them out by name but they would you know because you basically you deal with me until you get so many people and then you start playing the main stage and this is something yeah, yeah. i found out from other bands that len had really poked and prodded like sure. you just got to deal with him and then you can deal with me then you really make the money so he might as well have just said, you know, start with him because no one else will give you a chance ever in this fucking town. Once you make money, I'm gonna take you on. Right. But it's kind of glamorizing it. Um but yeah. it was true. A lot of a lot of bands just treated me like I was beneath them because they started to become rock stars. Right. Um, so we'll just do a, a gloss over on that. Um Megadeth, when I had to have a backstage pass to be where I worked, um, that pissed me off. Um, sure. that, that was really, that was really pissy. I can't, there's.
0: Well, not, not only that with the Megadeth show, uh, we had a New Year's Eve show
1: the night after that or the morning after that, I should say. Oh yeah. So that means we had a rave. Oh, the raves. I lost my mind when we had to do those fucking raves. But as far as bands, I mean, right now I'm remembering the good ones. Like, kicking the ball with the guys in Radiohead out in the parking lot. Not with Tom, but um, with the other guys. There was, I mean, realistically, in my heart of hearts, once I get Len out of the way. Yeah. And I think about the talent that I got to work with. Yeah. And to see the careers that people have, like Mike Clovis, who was Sammy's, um, his apprentice on Sound, is now on the um, the Kiss Cruise. So shout out to Mike Clovis, the Claw. Um, People have you know really amazing careers, and those are the things that I really realistically like to think about. Yeah, because if I think about the dark shit, it's just it's too depressing. You know, and hence was like having people like you come in because we've ran in that circle. Yeah. Yet I don't even know when I'm looking through all of the stuff. See, I'm getting chills again when I'm looking through the videos and stuff that you sent me. I'm just blown away. Yeah. So much talent. And it just. Why am I not doing this anymore? You know, so but if Jerry and I can sit and talk with people. Yeah. You know that's that's what really that's what it's about now the the shit show sure. and all that um let's do a couple more bands that were paying the ass, Jerry what we I know you got okay uh so metro for one thing Metro was in
0: a cul de sac and it had other businesses around it yeah. which we had to deal with um my whole thing is never disrespect the house you know we'll respect your band if you respect us so yeah pretty pretty simple in any venue I go into when I tour I'm not gonna go and Fuck things up because I might be going back there,
1: you know. Absolutely.
0: So I wanna, I wanna
1: dish the shit out. Are you gonna do Super Suckers? that's, they, one, I huh? was,
0: that's one of them. You,
3: you read my mind.
0: Super Super Suckers had a tour bus, mm-hmm. and, and if anybody remembers our little back backstage area for where the buses pulled in, I remember. The little
2: uh, chain link fence area yeah. back there. Yeah. yeah. Well. Yeah
0: for some reason i don't know if, maybe it wasn't even the super suckers maybe it was just their bus driver they decided to dump their sewage their tanks in just, the it, parking mm-hmm. lot in the back
2: holy moly
0: that is totally fucked up and, talking about shit knowledge. and we're talking a lot of it yeah. obviously oh, yeah. if it was full it yeah. was full and they dumped the whole thing in the back mm-hmm. which wow piss me off and then also attitudes or or egos you know we're all human yeah there's no need for that shit no yeah Um, Yeah. and actually to me i think musicians actually have less of an ego it's more actors that have egos because they're not themselves they're always acting yeah you know where musicians are who they are unless you have this fake stage you know presence or whatever but yeah so my other problem band would be the aquabats Cause they like to light off fireworks during the sure. day outside around our businesses. All we need is the cops coming cause they're yeah. really low in San Diego. Right. So I had that problem. They were just kind of out of control, kind of kooky guys. But yeah. the only guy that was really cool in that band was Travis. Travis was always laid back and he always apologized to me when they're doing shit. Sure. And, and he was from Riverside. So he knew, cause I don't yep. think the other guy, I think the other guys were from out of state. Right. Um, the other band I had problems with, which are now friends of mine, would be at the time they were River Phoenix. They became Phoenix TX. Okay. Uh, they were opening for Blink One Eighty Two when Blink did the shows there with Unwritten Law. It was supposed to be two nights. Yeah. Um, and, and originally Mark got sick on the first two nights, so we had to cancel the shows. Uh, not yeah, you weren't there. That was when Gomez yeah. was running it. Yeah. So these guys from Texas, from Houston, Texas, Phoenix TX. Yeah. Uh, came in and they decided to fuck the dressing room up. They took the condiments, ketchup and mustard and shot them all over the walls. And I was like, who the fuck did this? <laughs> and I'm like, fuck you guys. you never mm-hmm. play here again. Blah, blah, blah. And then they, you know, they totally said, oh, they had totally apologized. And I'm like, you don't disrespect the house. Yeah. Right. And then uh, I think the other band I had issues. Sublime. Well, I never had problems with them. Um I did. They're just always wasted. Um, Yeah,
1: which now I understand more because we're talking with the original drummer um, Adam from Slightly Stupid. Were you there
0: when Madball played and was Scar? They brought Scarhead out, and Scarhead they basically went around and tagged all the businesses around our area, Mm -hmm. and
1: Lynn actually threw them out.
0: Yeah, threw them out.
1: Oh, ICP was another one, but that's yeah, that's that's the thing is, I mean. At the end of the show, and this is the dark side, but at the end of the show, I've had people who, well, I mean, Jerry did it, my my guitarist um, did it. There's a lot of people, there's some joke in there, but I'm not going to go there about doing it. But people would help clean up the lots, the entire, we're talking from Seven Eleven all the way up past Coke, just under USD. That yeah. whole area. Had to be cleaned. Had to make it look like there was no show there. Otherwise, the community would slowly start slipping and then give us more and more problems. Graffiti was a huge problem. Drinking in the parking lots was a huge problem. Yeah. The thing about any of that is, but none of us knows as a kid, if you're really nonchalant and you're just sitting there having your beer in your car. Sure. You're not going to get fucked with. That beer bottle comes out. Yeah. Breaks. You're... Remember that you was know. a
2: huge thing in the the downtown. summer. It was a lot of the underage kids would drink in the yeah. parking lot, and then but back there, stupidly no break the bottles on the fucking parking lot. It's like yeah, that's how you get burnt. You know
1: yeah. Like, and back there we could oh god, we got away with so much down there. Oh but yeah. metro was you know but because it became it was, well,
2: it is now what it is. But back then people don't remember <laughs> what it looked like back then. Remember it looked like a dark alley. You'd be killed in. Yeah, you know, well, it's
1: like. The building was scary. It,
2: was scary, it was scary. The building yeah.
1: where the loading docks are next to us, Len and I went in there because we were always looking at expanding. Like right now, I heard there's yeah. some problems with the California theater. They had to clean it out, and the owner is responsible for doing something with it. Yeah. We were going to—we looked at the California theater as a possible next SOMA. No parking. Yeah. That was kind of me. Mike Nevison, the head of security, and myself would each be given a floor— and we would run it because, you know, again, I don't know how I got so much liberty, but half the time, near the end when, oh, we got to get back to the lot stuff. But, you know, I was basically running the back. Mike was running the front. Len would just kind of show up and then leave. We, The crew that we had running Metro was tighter than a, something. Mm, 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 mm. Mm-hmm. It. Fucking amazing, yeah, I mean the people, like I said, with the the cleaning up of the lots, so there might be five or six people that would get in for free or whatever, or like sure. Jerry would end up doing security and then cleaning and then moving up and up and up and up and up and up, sure. um, but the lots would have to be cleaned, and you know I would sometimes I'd get money from Len, sometimes I wouldn't, yeah, but we had to make it look. Like it wasn't a frickin' punk rock club, which by then it kind of really wasn't. It was yeah. more, especially in my mind, it was about just creating a scene, a safe place for the kids to go to. Sure. A place for talent to cut their teeth, right. to learn how to do that. So you play with me, you get a certain amount of people, you walk on me, you go up to land, but you still have to deal with me every frickin' time you play. Sure. And you grow and you start making money, you start getting bigger and bigger. And then, you know, millionaires and, you know, like Green Day, when I brought them in, that was because of Jenna. Oh, yeah. Jenna's the one that said, Hey, can you book these guys? Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah.
2: That's, that's crazy. See, again, right? The chills. The chills. Dude, we've been like, I remember, hold on, I remember going to see Green Day at Shea Cafe Mm -hmm. for $3. Yeah. And they played with like a lot of, you know, East. Bay punk bands inside. It was like Monsula and probably be like Jawbox. Jawbox. Uh, I, think I think Jawbox is from uh, DC actually, but um, oh yeah, Jawbreaker right. is from East Bay and Jawbox DC. But I think it was Monsula. I remember Converter had Dennis B from mm-hmm. lived sideband He had a sideband called Converter. Yeah. He did with Matt and and Ray and Sam. No, it was, it was and Matt Sam. and Sam played drums and uh, Jason Solen sang. And it was a side band called Converter. They were, they were, they were fun. But uh, yeah, I remember seeing Green Day for $3. And when I knew how great they were going to be is when they were fucking just nailing, right? They're just playing. And all of a sudden, the whole fucking power shuts out in the whole building. Everything goes dark. But guess what? They didn't miss a beat. The drummer just starts tapping. And you can hear their strings like still going, and they're just still singing. You know? Yeah. And all of a sudden, about 10 seconds later, boom, the power hits on. And they didn't miss one beat. Boom! It's They're still going. Song's still going. I'm just going, holy fuck, that was yeah, that was that was so awesome. And that's Dude. back when they were still hippie kids. Yeah, that's when uh, they were still riding in vans, you know? I think Complonca had just come out. Oh, okay, yeah. 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 But yeah, before Dookie. The book
1: Bookmobile? Yeah, yeah. I think
2: that's what they called it. Yeah, uh,
1: Yep. Yeah, so that's... That, yeah, the, the good stuff definitely outweighs the bad stuff, and yeah. the bad stuff we can, you know, harp on. Yeah, because pretty sure. much...
0: That's why those shitty shows or those shitty bands stand out, because there wasn't that many. Mm-hmm. It that's was good. Actually, it was more good than
1: it was bad. Yeah, so. yeah. Even the bad stuff, I mean, there'd be nights where it was just, for whatever reason, it was rough, and it, you know, but, I mean, that's life, realistically. sure. And the good thing is about the way that Metro was and how it was just, everything was basically just put together and run, was because of the fact of the talent that we had doing every job, and... You just kind of you knew that you can go in there and you could kind of push the boundaries. But you also knew that's the one place you really don't want to fuck up. Because right. when we were still doing union, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to name names, but there was a lot of back and forth and people would shut down shows just to shut down shows. There's people with egos. Sure. You know, that's what happens when you got a lot of money. And all your family has a lot of money and then you end up being in a band and you call it a punk rock band and you just go around and you're trying to dictate and fuck things up. And everyone kind of there are so many different agendas. And one thing especially that still to this day bums me out. There's half of the scene that gets all this credibility and all this hype and oh, this is San Diego. Yeah. But that scene is the bar scene. What about everything on my side of the table? Sure, I mean if if I wasn't able to do what I was able to do at at Union, Jerry and Scott one opened up this one. The Soma name, the Soma brand, the its legacy. It's still around to this day. And I started in eighty nine, and it was around, I believe it was eighty eight when Len first started doing, mm-hmm. and he only did a couple shows. You know, Ministry had played there, Danzig mm-hmm. had played there. Um, I think there was someone else that had played there. Um, like I got in there right before Scream, or maybe I was already doing shows when Scream played. So that's why I want to get Dave Grohl in here. Yeah, I have my people contacting his people. Actually, I don't because I would just DM him on fucking Instagram. <laughs> but no, I would love to have him come in because you know the Foo Fighters had played there. Yeah. You know, they're, I mean, come on. But these stages are the same stages that a lot of the local bands got to, you know, cut their teeth on and, and do their thing. Sure. So th- to drag it through the mud, um, again, the, the good outweighs the bad. So speaking of the good, let's go right back into John Cougar. Sure. And you guys cut your seven inch. Yeah. And that was after, how long did you say? Five months? Uh, three months. Three months. We were, about,
2: uh, we were together, uh, a band for three months, and we had cut, back in the day, 7-inch. Okay. At Nesters and, yeah. and I think I have that. And I remember the, it's the one with the bird on the finger. And I remember the day that it came out, we had a show at, it was at Tang Records when they were down in Pacific Beach. Oh, and, yeah. And 15, we played with 15 and the kids. And uh, that was the first and that was that was something else in in itself. I mean I was always a huge Crimpshine fan, but yeah. I think when we played with fifteen, uh Jeff Ott had really been strung out and dope and uh he played naked that show. And I never seen anybody's hip bones sticking out so crazy. <laughs> but uh yeah. Um yeah, so but you know, I would like to go back to Uh, talk about Dahmer's because during that time short lived had this side band called Dahmer's Diner. This is towards the end of short lived. Yeah. So Dahmer's Diner was Ray cam guitar player for short lived. Uh, One of the twins, Jeff, the bass player. Yeah. Uh, Chris Fields on drums. He was the second uh, drummer for short lived. And then the original drummer, Sam Kelly on vocals. And this yeah. is the first band that Sam Kelly ever sang in. First of all, I thought it was a genius name because, you know, all that crazy Dahmer's Dine Dahmer's thing had just happened, you yeah. know, shortly after, you know. And I thought it was genius. I was like, these guys are gonna call themselves Dahmer's Diner. That's awesome. And the things <laughs> they sing about, like eating people and and all this stuff. It's, I thought it was genius. But when I would go and just see them re- rehearse, I was just like in awe. I was just like, oh, my God. These guys are going to be so huge. They're so awesome. Yes. You know? And, yes. And then they, had the re- then they had a write-up in the reader,
1: you know? Jeff on the cover. Yep. Yeah. Sam. I think
2: it was Sam on the cover with that oh, was it Sam? Yeah, it was Sam. But, oh, okay. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I just uh, thought it would be... Uh, I, I thought they were going to be huge, you know, and yeah. then, and then uh, it didn't go so well after that. I don't I don't know what happened.
1: <laughs> That's the one thing, because I was, you know, yeah. going over the videos and I'm watching them. Yeah. And I'm listening to it going, there's so much talent in here. Sure. I mean, it, just ridiculous amount of talent. Short Live was talented. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Dahmer's for supposedly a joke band. Yeah. I mean, what the... F-
2: they were great. Jesus. They were phenomenal. I mean, they wrote yeah. good songs. Yeah. Everybody played great. I mean, what they sung about was hilarious. Yeah. I mean, they, they had this song called Rick Allen's Arm. It's about, uh, you know, the drummer from Def Leppard's arm that's gone coming to get ya, you. You yeah. know? It's like, <laughs> hilarious stuff, you know? And uh, all the hype and, and everything. I mean, they, they had a lot of hype when they did the reader yeah. thing. And, and a lot of it was just like, you know, it's like, because that was like... They had a band before that called uh, Skunk Snot, and it was, you know, it was a big joke, you know, and, and I think that they started the same thing with Dahmers, but, you know, Dahmers actually, they were they actually practiced, and they were actually had songs, and they were actually good. Yeah. But I do remember them playing the main stage in Salma, and they played with uh, Sandy Duncan's Eye or something. Yeah. But they had gotten, you know, mouthy with the crowd, and there's some skinheads that wanted to beat them up. and and That's right. He, remember? And and then, uh, you know, Sam was saying stuff to the skinheads like, you look like you suck a big dick. And I, and I, and I bet you I suck a bigger dick than I do. And all of a sudden, you suck a bigger dick than I do. Like, he was just like rallying the crowd up, you know? Yeah. Which w- was not a good idea because, you know, you start rallying the crowd up, like, you know, especially, calling people. Uh, especially not there. I know, exactly. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't g- going to end well with them. So, I think they had to be escorted off the stage and into the van
1: right afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. And that was part of the the beginning of the tension because I did everything I could to try to get whatever band they were doing to play. Right. But they also understood because one thing that's not really talked about that much is we did have a huge skinhead problem in San Diego and, you know, all over the place. But they were kind of. There were a certain amount of them were allowed. Um, I guess a nice way to put it is at, you know, arm's length, you can come here. We will gladly take your money. Um, I really don't know the reasoning behind it other than another head in the audience. And I've heard that there was kind of a scary element to have them at shows has sure. been bandied about as a, but you know, Nonetheless, they were at some shows. Um, I've actually had some run-ins with a couple of the ones that ended up, their views sucked big time, but I was able to express to them. I remember once just telling someone, he, you know, confronted me because they always look like they're just going to come up and freaking try to eat your head and just devour you all the way down, which I never understood. It's like, you guys are just, what the fuck? You guys are jocks right? with shaved head. With shaved head, yeah. So I had to explain. um, Someone had confronted me, and I I just explained, well, you know, you don't disrespect the house. You're cool. My views are not like yours. I'm a fucking punk rocker. That's, you know, I'm not a skinhead, period. You don't fuck with me or whatever. It's probably a lot shorter than that because it's probably scarce shitless. But nonetheless, I guess I gained some respect. But um, if you're going to go up there and you're going to antagonize them, you know, and then plus, there's not just the skinheads, there was the Sueys. So you got DWK right. and other people just come in. They just to fuck with the show. And then you got
2: uh, other skinhead groups, because, I mean, like we had, yeah, Sharp that didn't like the other skinheads. Yeah. Then it's a real issue. You know, I I mean, I, I remember seeing... um. You know, going to a lot of shows and having problems with you know meatheads, skinheads in the pit, like just picking on people, and yeah,
1: not cool. But yeah, yeah there's just mean, been to- I, I've never been a huge fan. Yeah, you know? yeah. Sam yeah. knew how to push the right buttons, though. Oh, yeah, well, absolutely. You know, right? so that that's another thing of the Bruins, and I think they, I think that was probably one of the last shows at the Union location, if I remember correctly. I was mm-hmm. Talking to someone about this. I think it was I think I was talking to EJ. Um, but nonetheless, that was at near the end because they were doing the development across the street, so then we yeah. had to find another place. Yeah. And then the two places that we rarely, rarely talk about is when we did a couple of events at the Scottish Rights Center. Okay. Didn't J C C play there? One of the shows at um Scottish Rights Center? Am I in no, I think this-
2: we didn't. I'm trying to think who we played with.
1: It would probably be Sprung, Bucko nine, Ghoul Spoon.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I remember. Yep.
1: Okay. Because one of those I Un, was Unwritten sick Law as a Dog. Yeah, and then of, of course it would have to be Unwritten Law. Yep. Um yeah. I know those flyers are floating around somewhere yeah. no, as well. No, we played
2: that. Yep. This is early junkier days
0: too.
1: So that would be a oh. a decent stage.
0: Yeah. That would have yeah, been that would have been ninety four. Like that,
2: yeah 94, ninety five i think yeah
0: <laughs> well it was uh it would have been early ninety four because that's uh metro open mid ninety four I believe yeah so it was that gap uh between closing um, that's when
1: we were scouting union at the location
0: most of all the good shows yeah. ended up going to iguanas mm-hmm. yeah so like I'd have to go to Mexico to, to catch some pretty sure. good shows oh, that would f- would have been at
2: soma I got, a, I got a crazy story about going to Iguana's, which was, written in a sense, from the short-lived house. Uh, so, Connie, you, you know yeah. Connie, right? So, Connie- Matt and she, Connie. Yeah, she, Matt and Connie. Ma, Connie lived in the short-lived house, and I think, I don't know if it was her, but she had brought art. So, they had this big, um, it was going to be the epitaph show, you know? And it was like you know the 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 main's bands was uh you know the Offspring Smash just came out so Mm -hmm. they had blown up and of course they're gonna have so they're gonna have and and everybody's I think record at that time had come out yeah so they had uh you know they had Offspring Pennywise Rancid and RKL because RKL was on their album had came out yeah Nightmare on something Elm or something like that I don't remember it was Epitaph uh, Records anyways. So they had came down and stayed the night at the short lived house. Oh, and we wow. ended up like partying all night, had some like me and uh, the uh, bomber, the the bass player. We were, we were like uh, sliding down the ice plants on cardboard boxes and shit, and just 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 being stupid. But uh, I had bought in this uh, Ford Galaxy five hundred from Ray Cam. Oh, know, that like okay boat yeah oh yeah so uh, uh they were like we need a ride clint will you give us a ride we'll get you in the show so i was like okay so i literally got our kale in my car and we drove down to iguanas i drove into the tijuana just i didn't we didn't i drove everybody into there parked in the parking lot and got in got go backstage and, and it was funny because i had that's the first time i got yelled at um by you know another band that was uh so I guess, like, you know, RKL and Rancid have their own little area, and they Monkey Monk, uh, and not Monkey, but Offspring and Pennywise have their own little area. Well, the areas are kind of close together, right? And uh, uh, one of the guys is like, hey, go get a beer. This is cooler over there. I'm like, which one? They're like, that doesn't matter, right? So I'm like, all right. <laughs> So I go over there and like open the cooler, like looking and stuff and I'm like grab and all of a sudden this dude's like yelling at me. He's like, Dude, why are you in our cooler still still in our fucking beer? I'm like, well those guys, he's like, no, there's shit's over there, dude. Get the fuck out of and then I I then I go like, Who was that? And it was it was I guess it was Dexter from Osprey yelling at me like I was stealing his beer, you know? Like-
1: <laughs> I remember yeah. this that there's there's a few incidents of that. Yeah. I can remember of... There's always incidents of that. People
0: going into the dressing room, right. into the fridge, taking right. the beer. Taking the beer, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
2: But, hey, I was just the guy that gave the RKL ride. <laughs> and they are like, yeah, just go grab a beer. It's cool. But, you know, I walk in there. I'm Nobody knows me, you know. Right. <laughs> Who the fuck are you? Get out of here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that yeah, is so uh, classic. It reminds me of iguanas, too. Oh, uh, iguanas. They. That, I was loosely that was that right. was a
2: classic venue. Yeah. That was such a great venue.
1: Yeah, yeah. Just a bad area. Oh,
2: uh, right. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yep. But um. So getting back to, did you ever play iguanas? No. Okay. No, never. With none of the bands. No. Never. Because we did a, a short-lived show there. I think it was the Down by Law on the ninth, or down by law the
2: ninth i think that was i think it was the bad religion show actually that played down
1: in bad Eguanus. religion and down by law down and by law, short-lived. short-lived
2: yeah because i remember uh the um down what was
1: it yeah down by law
2: show was at um union okay yeah
1: yeah because i remember it was one of the last the shows that i was actually yeah. at um at iguanas sure but, um, speaking of, let's, uh, play another Cougar song. Sounds good. Really quick here. Oh, actually, let's play. What do you got? I got a great
2: song now that I remember. So, uh, Sprung Monkey actually had a song and gave it to John Cougar and said, we want you guys to have this because oh, wow. it sounds more like you guys than it does us. So, um. It's called uh, Butchies Is what it's called B You might find it on
0: What album is it on?
2: It's on a 7 inch called Punk Explosion
3: Punk Explosion
2: yeah i can't i can't find it you got it on youtube no yeah you, you might want to find it on youtube uh it's because it's on a seven inch and i i, I don't know what john cougar has on apple music um because i don't do apple music i do uh amazon music but i think it's the same thing actually Usually, if you have it on Apple, or you have it on Amazon.
0: Yeah. Jeremy, uh, Jeremy likes to do this to me. He likes to say, "Hey, let's do a song. We're not, we're not uh, prepared." So that's why we have the gap.
1: Okay. I mean, well, I'll, I'll, you know. know. The problem is I had to pee really bad and I, I find it a good excuse as you play a song so I don't...
0: And then, we, and then we have dead air as we're trying to find a
2: dance song <laughs> off my phone. Uh, Sorry, I, guys. I was hoping we were, gonna, we're editing this, right? Uh, you well, know.
1: <laughs> <Okay. laughs> No, even this part's good because people to, are going to go, oh, Try God. to edit
0: as we go along. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. You know, when, when nature calls, you know, you got to go. Well, the good thing is We get to hear more music Oh, well, there you go It's on the very top Which is Actually, that It's kind of funny that They would send you one of their songs So it's just completely written They're like, here we just They pretty much wrote the whole song
3: They it on such a hot day
1: All right, so the story again. Yeah, There's, so I think
2: Frank Melendez had written that song, and uh, after he had left the band, I think that uh, one of the guys from Spa Monkey were like, "Hey, we're not going to play this song, so you guys can have it, you know, because it sounds more like you guys." So we're like, "Okay, well, yeah, and I, we'll, I, we'll take I, it," you know. And and Chris had shown us, you know, Chris had practiced the lead and was like. Oh, it's it's a great harmony. Let's let's do this. And that's awesome. We did it, you know, that's
1: awesome. I I so. remember that actually from back in the day. Yeah, I remember hearing it, but you know the story behind it, I would have had no idea, right? Because yeah. if you think of it being a sprung song, I mean, uh, I I could see Steve singing it. But absolutely, it's definitely a, a a cougar song. Yeah,
2: for sure, for sure. You know, with Chris's uh vocal style and all that
1: yeah and so Chris did guitar and vocals Chris uh, played guitar
2: and vocals I was uh, the other guitar player and my cousin Travis played bass and Travis Milligan um, played drums on the first record he he ended up he was in the Navy Um, he was um, kicked out of the band for whatever reasons I, I really wasn't down with it Or happy about it. Yeah. And I remember um, us looking for a new drummer, but we were still doing uh, recordings in the studio because Chris Fields is a phenomenal drummer. So he still most of John Cougar's uh, recordings are Chris playing um, drums. Okay. Yeah. it's Kind of like the Dave Girl thing, you know. Oh, I, I'm, I'm an I'm a awesome drummer, and, <laughs> and so, so every drummer that joins John Gugger, Chris is like, Look at him, like, come on, man. He's <laughs> you know a I mean? full girl, he's like, <laughs> like, Come on, man. I know you can do better than that, but no, Chris is a phenomenal drummer. But, but- that's the thing, he is that freaking talented. Yeah, he is, I can't, and like, if you want to hear someone play a drum and just listen, and like. You you'd be in awe if just if he would put it on a, a one minute show for you. He's he's a great drummer, yeah. And there's a lot of we we do have a lot of phenomenal drummers in the scene. But what's 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 awesome about John Cougar was Chris played guitar and sang. But we also had if we didn't have a drummer and we wanted to record, we still had Chris. Right. Which is yeah. You know, so you can still keep moving. St- keep 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 it moving forward. So I remember. We had a, uh, we, I mean, we had multiple drummers come and fill in, like uh, Vic from the Kids, who now plays with B Side Players. He had played with us. I think our first Casbah show, which was with Zeke, which was a a band that since we played that show with them i'm like these guys are great yeah you never heard yeah yeah you should probably listen to that man yeah no they're 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 good i am oh absolutely and uh and it's funny because we had tryouts and i remember um funny story so at the time when this happened short-lived house was done and over with okay everybody a lot of the guys moved out everybody went their own way Uh, i think dennis um, moved to Northern California mm-hmm. and, uh, so everything, you know, everybody went their own ways and we had, my cousin Travis had bought a house and he had a basement. So we started practicing there. And I remember at the time we needed a drummer. So we're doing tryouts. And, uh, so one of the guys that came was, uh, Tom DeLong. He came and, uh, cause we knew him from, you know, before they were popular and big we used to play shows with them of course you know at mm-hmm. sdsu and, and at selma
1: i think he claims you guys as an influence right? yeah, absolutely
2: absolutely in fact i remember in metro when it first opened they had just blown up mm-hmm. right huge right. and i think they were playing with rancid but they had just came out with the uh, you know the album with the girl the girl's the nurse on the front. I yeah. forget the name of the album. Yeah, I'm
1: sorry. I don't remember. But anyways, it was,
2: uh, that was in the state. Yeah, and I'm in the state. But and that's
0: then, when Travis was in. So that was later on. Yeah. Because before that, it was Dude Ranch. Scott was in the band still.
2: So maybe it was Dude Ranch that came
1: out. And
0: then Cheshire Cat uh, with m which is the video they shot at Metro.
2: Okay. I think that's what that one was. It Dude Ranch, maybe. But I remember yeah. going uh, to Soma and... Uh, Cause Chris was like, it's sold out. Should we just go down there? And we go down there and lens out front. And you know, it's pretty much the whole John Cougar band just came down there. Yeah. And lens all John Cougar. How you guys doing? Come on in. And we're like, what the fuck? Damn. So, so, <laughs> so we, the, he, we got, that's, I know the back areas. He's like, let's go to the back area. Went in there. And, and when blink was doing their set, we were on the back. We we're on stage in the back when they were playing and they were like, Hey, anybody know John Cougar? And they were like, yeah, you know, whatever. But uh, there they go. We stole this song from them or riff from them for this song. And we were like, really? That's crazy. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. and that was, uh and, and, you know, I've always been a, hu- uh, Tim Armstrong has always been a huge influence of mine and, I remember after they played, I went back and I saw Tim sitting on the curb in the back by the fence, you know, and I had a John Cougar concentration camp uh, sticker, and I'm like, hey, man, how you doing, Tim? Oh, actually, I call him Lent because that's yeah, his nickname. Yeah, so, I still I so, still call him Lent. Yeah, so that's I called him Lent right. because my name is Clint, right? Yeah. So I thought it was. I was like, "Hey, Lent, I'm Clint," and he's like, "Oh, dude, that's awesome! Nice to meet you." And I gave him a, a sticker of the band Junker Concentration. He's like, oh, "I love the name," and it's funny because I still got a picture of that day on my phone right now,
1: which is oh, that's awesome.
2: Yeah. And uh, but yeah, I remember going down there but uh going back to uh the tryouts with john cougar's get a new drummer tom de had came down to try out and he brought matt with him and matt just sat on the side but tom gets up there and gets behind the drums. And he goes dudes i'm actually not that good to play with you guys i just want to say <laughs> that i came down and i tried out <laughs> so let's play some cover songs, and we're like, "All right." So we just we just played like some Jawbreaker songs and yeah, some Screechy Weasel covers. We had fun; it was awesome. Oh, that's cool. And then we ended up we ended up our drummer ended up being uh, John Balou, who actually plays in the Sighting Riots now, and I'm still in the band with him. But back then, he was in the Neighbors. Alan had left the band, and John Balue oh, came right. in they're both like phenomenal drummers yeah but uh john was the guy we we're like yes we're gonna play with him i think we co- recorded another sevench with him we went to berkeley had did a, a little he, he, you know coast little tour thing with him he was he was so fun to play with in john cougar it's just fun to hang out with but i remember he always made it he was he was the one of those drummer. i mean he played with the neighbors he was a super fast drummer yeah so all our songs became sped up like times two, which is was <laughs> <hilarious, you know? laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I love those. I love those memories in those days, man. But uh, yeah, and then I had uh, I had left John Cougar after that in you know, uh, ninety seven or so, and, and pretty much just stopped playing music, you know, wow. because of uh, uh, a drug habit. You know, I got um, me and my wife, I, we just got into fucking smoking meth like all the time and and we had a family and kids and it was just a shit show you know and and doing that for 15 years and then and then you know going to jail because of it and spending a year in jail and get and then getting out and going okay you got a seven years suspended sentence over your head what are you going to do now you know yeah but still I still had everybody's number and never went back there and, and just became you know said okay i'm done with this you know yeah and then, even when i got a job i had to do still do the live in rehab we have to stay in there and live and then you know so 15 years of not playing music and then getting back into music i just slowly got in touch with the friends that i used to play music with you know yeah And started doing other bands you know and uh but my cousin uh travis he stayed in john cougar recorded albums with him but uh what's really sad my cousin uh travis died of brain cancer uh, a year and a half ago he was only 47 it's a crazy story but uh i'm just glad he got to play you know with uh screeching weasel before he died yeah which is one of his all-time favorite bands he got to do a show uh with um sloppy seconds with john cougar oh wow at soda bar and like you know these are all the bands that were like were inspirational right. to us as we, when we started the band and he got to play with all those bands before he passed which is uh you know special and you know i, I love john cougar I'm, I'm not i don't have anything to do with the band anymore but it's definitely uh you know some i still have a connection to that band you know i love yeah. all those guys and i love chris and i love uh you know, the time that I had with there, But I'm still doing music, you know. Still, still. Uh, I've been doing inciting riots. I think I started Insiding... I joined Insiding Rants in 2004. Lenny has just always been a friend. We never played music together. Right. But, just you know, I always wanted to play with him, you know. Yeah. Because I
1: like Lenny. Yeah, because it's ugly Lenny. Yeah, it's ugly Lenny. I mean, like, it's fun. It's, yeah. it's also fun, you know. Yeah, I so. get to do... We I don't know. Brett told you, but we we jammed. Oh, cool! Some this is years ago. Yeah, went over to I believe it's his mom's house. Went into a little studio, and so somewhere there might be a recording of me doing vocals. Um, Kelly, um, uh, I forget her last name, but um, okay, you know, infamous yep. Kelly. I'm, I know her. Yeah, and, um, Irish Kelly. Yeah, and yep. then, um, but. I'm trying to remember if there was someone else. I mean, this is years and years. It's just moons ago. So now you've, you've gotten to play, and you're playing with Inciting Riots. And yeah. then, is it Dying Species? Yes. So tell me the, about that, because I've seen a little bit, but I haven't really. Yeah, that's, that's a
2: seen. brand new band, actually. Um, I've always been uh, the guitar player in a band, mm-hmm. never a front man. You know, and, and I do uh, dabble with, like, uh, writing my own songs. I, I play acoustic and write songs, and sometimes I'll go to, uh, you know, places and play, open mics and do a, a set where I just sing and play. You know. Oh, wow. So, okay. Dying Species was a band that—the uh, Ashes from um, The ways, which is another project I started um, about seven years ago with Sam Kelly, uh, had— COVID had killed the band because, okay. because um, a lot of the members, things are going on. Our bass players, 44, just had a kid. COVID happened. So everybody kind of just like
1: split. And underneath. this was right after Deathiosaurus when Sam and I were doing Deathiosaurus. Absolutely. Okay. Yep. So yeah, because he talked about putting a band together, and I was yeah. like, "Well, wait, wait, wait." Look at it. we
2: we talked about covering some of those songs, and I was a huge fan of that Debussy Osaro stuff. All right, cool. Like I loved the. There was a song where it was like a guy and a girl fighting, and it was yeah. like one of your girlfriends or something. I just, but I thought that song was great. I was like, "Oh my god, this is great!" You yeah. Know? So we start. That's how we started the Waste We were like, yeah. oh we want to do something
1: like this." So, yeah, and anthem. We got the band. Yeah, Anthem. anthem was we great did song. the um we recorded it in here, sure. And we did the vocal, <laughs> and this is back when the other side of the house I had it. There was a tenant over there, okay. And we did the vocals right there in the hallway mm-hmm. to get the echo. Yeah, and it was just at that. Oh, this is brilliant because Sam had written everything, and then I probably just like I got to talk to these guys and got a hold of Sam because he would answer. Yeah. And you know the rest of the guy, you know, Jeff I I, I don't know what I did to right. piss him off, but I guess even even is still kind of mad at me. I was supposed to go up to his wedding up in LA, but I couldn't because Yeah. my car was kind of a piece of crap. Sure. And, and um I worked a lot. So yeah. I'm like I'm not going to drive this thing up to LA and get stranded. Right. But it's Aura's wedding. But nonetheless. So yeah. The um after the Wasteaways. After the Wasteaways,
2: um, we started... Did you guys um, record
1: anything with that or... With what? With,
2: with waste-aways? wasteaways? Yeah. We have two recordings. We have two albums. Okay. Al- uh, the Wasteaways actually have two albums. You can find those albums on Apple Music, uh, Amazon, all your Spotify, all your social media platforms. You can find the Wasteaways on there. Just like there but oh uh, yeah absolutely and, and it's a great band i mean we did two albums uh i still wish we were doing that band but like i said yeah, everybody has lives we're getting older uh yeah. guitar player you know has young kids uh the bass player just had a kid um covid happened so you know it just shit happens and things fall apart sometimes yeah like every band and everything yeah but uh so we wanted to rest we wanted to actually have uh read you know, we wanted to bring the wasteways back, but for whatever reason didn't happen. So the people that were there we were like, let's do some do our own thing. You know? Yeah. And I always wanted to be a front man and sing and play. So originally we had the drummer for um the Wasteways and this new uh bass player, John, he's a lot younger now, so I'm fifty, he's like thirty two. Oh, wow. Younger kid. But okay. he was an awesome bass player. It was a huge Waste Wasteways fan. So we're like, yeah, let's play. So we tried to do it a couple times and it just kind of fell apart. Didn't really happen because people's schedule and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, and then, and then, and then we just started. Um, originally, the band was called Death Can Wait. And the drummer that we had, which was the drummer for the Wasteways, he ended up you getting know, a promotion to his work and started working and stuff like nonstop. So, I just called one of my old friends brett uh keller he's you know c t d uh we actually had him fill in for a wh show one time, so I saw his number and he he said he wanted to play music hadn't been playing music, so I called him got him down here uh and we started writing songs so and now we just recorded an album actually it's in the process you know, and it's a three piece band and yeah. it's just me. John and Brett and John sings, I sing. It's like a duel of singing back and forth or just him singing or just me singing. It's like a it's it's pretty fun. It's pretty awesome. But uh and our next show is actually uh November uh 19th with He Who Cannot Be Named
1: at the tower Bar.
2: Really? That's our next show.
1: Yeah. He's he cannot be named as doing his own thing now. Or? Yes, really. Yeah. Is it like dwarf stuff, or I is don't, it, You know,
2: what's funny is I don't know. You, oh, oh shit! I just uh got the uh, message today from Mick, uh, mm. who's a good friend of mine. He's also in my favorite local band right now called the Plagues. I don't know if you.
1: Oh yeah, yeah I'm. I'm trying to. Let's see. Is that Travis's band? Yes, Travis. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because it's
2: my good buddy and Travis. And Travis yeah.
1: Um, did drums with Brian, my guitarist, mm-hmm. and we just sure. recorded here oh, just, cool. just jamming. Nice. And we did um, kind of earthless stuff. That is just. Great. And he played on my wife's drums. Right. And at, at some point, I'll, I'll have to send you the link, because we got okay. the one song is 50 fifty-fifty grind into the kingdom of the gnomes. Okay. Because the longer the amazing. name... Then yeah. you can withstand that long of a 10-minute jam, just fill your pipe, and just right. sit and enjoy. And um, we just record it on our phone, so it's—I um, think I can airdrop them. Oh, that's right. I'm not too— I mean, hey, a lot of the phones—I mean, I just got an iPhone 14. This thing records great, man. It's actually—it's <laughs> kind of impressive, but, you know— we. It was just trying to figure out what we can do because for me, my my schedule is so limited of what I can do, sure. and you know I can't really go out and play shows. I got a lot of responsibilities, but it's mainly my schedule. You know, once it starts getting after eight o'clock, I, I'm doing this, right. And then you know it's just it's inevitable. I'm freaking getting old, but at four thirty in the morning after a cup of coffee. Yeah. Want to go skate? Want to go build a house? Right. Want to go build a DIY ditch somewhere? Want to write an album? I'm good, but by noon, I'm taking a nap. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But, yeah, so what are, the, what are the plans other than, I mean, that's just, he, can, he cannot be named. It's so hard to say that really fucking fast. I know,
2: right? It is hard to say. Look, here's the message. I, I don't know the, I never heard of the other band.
1: Oh, I haven't heard of them, but that wow! Yeah, wow! I, mean, I just got and that just came in when we were here. Yeah, on the way. So here, that's a good actually. omen. Yeah, I know, right? And it, we got this gnat that's like flying between us. I love it. So, <laughs> so what was the other band on there? Kind of just you guys didn't say anything. Biz Smirchers? Biz Smurchers. Biz Smurchers. Biz Smurchers.
2: What's Biz Smirch? I don't know. One, like, that I think that's when you like. Um, trash someone's name or something. Beefy. Oh yeah, right. It it sounds yeah. kind of but sounds you know, familiar. On the way here, I like I was like, who's these these guys? And they're really punk rock. Which I mean, Dying Species is like they're kind of like a, a mix between pop punk rock, but not so poppy. You know, right. when I say pop punk, I would say more like Tiltwell Pop Punk. Okay. And then, like, more East Bay Punk, too. Okay. But, but when I saw, I watched a video of them, and they, like, the singer was fucking busting beer bottles on his head and smashing his head with a, it. it might of Gigi Allen. I, right I, I was just going to say that. like, yeah. That's funny. Which I love, uh, Gigi Allen, by the way. A yeah. lot of people don't say that, but I do. Uh,
3: uh, you know.
2: You- I have, I a, would I have be a son a- who's, I, he's that, 28 and. He he's, loves, he's a GG, and he he also does bands and things and stuff. But he, right now he's got the fam, so yeah. he's taking a little break. But well, you know, my, my son plays music and skates. Just like he's you know pretty much fallen in his dad's footsteps. That's you know, awesome, which I love. Yeah, but now he's got the you know ten year old son and two year old daughter. So
1: maybe he'll get back at it someday. But right now he's just raising
2: a family, right? You know.
1: But that's that's the thing is not we're proving it here i mean i'm yeah. i got an offer to do a project and at this point i'll probably end up jinxing it but i'm I'm, sure. I'm trying to for the left outs i'm trying to get sam in in some capacity to do drums with us with sure. brian and i and um i got another offer for a synth band um this is what i'm worried about jinxing because I haven't heard back from them, but Ronnie from the excrements mm-hmm. hit me up on TikTok of all things and gave me this whole thing about let's start this band and the, the whole idea synth band and he and I are the two singers. We can have cardboard cutouts. We can have guests, people doing. I'm like, fuck I it, just turned 54. Let's do it. Yeah. I'm ready. I'm, I still, you know, I don't skate enough. I was going to do a video for my birthday, but yeah. I also don't like doing videos of me skating. Right. You know I don't even have any videos or videos I don't have any pictures of God even all the way yeah there might be a couple in my youth but I was supposed to ride at SeaWorld. Um, I was you know I dropped my sponsors specifically because I started getting really messed up when I was 18. Sure. But um, it was also a punk rock thing I, I don't want to be told when to skate. Yeah. But now at 54, it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. It's time for me to <laughs> spread the fucking wings. And uh, yeah, absolutely. I want to get out. There. And again, you know, I can't express this enough. It's being able to have these conversations and being able to sit with you and talk about these things. We could go for another three hours Yeah, and barely, and at some point we will, Sure. but what it's doing is it's opening up the door. Yeah. It's getting people talking. It's rebuilding the scene. A lot of this stuff, the, the early stuff, Jerry doesn't even know about because he wasn't privy to the the union. He came in at Metro, Metro, yeah. So, but just the the love, the the respect for the scene, and just everything about it. I mean, this is this is part of keeping it alive, and this is a story that's never really been told. Yeah, you know sure. the Charlotte House. You know that we could do. I would love to sit here with. Uh, um, I tried to get Chris in, yeah. but he I, he couldn't make it for whatever reason. Sure. Um, to get Sam. Sam,
2: I told Sam get
1: a hold of Ray. Let's try to get Ray. I out would now. love. To, I haven't talked yeah. to Ray since he was at that Ray's Home kind Depot. he a
2: hermit now, but I would yeah. love to Get Ray in here and have. Didn't
1: him. Ray marry Holly? Yes. The soda girl. I think so. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yep. And and that makes sense. I'm kind of a hermit as well, but yeah. I can't help it. Jerry's helped bring this out of me, and then we're also we we've got some other projects. At this point, I don't sure. really want to spill the beans on too much, but we've been working on a few things for a couple of years now. Yeah, um, we have a we have something in mind. We're just you know got to oh, cool. get our ducks in 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 a row. And you know, I've been uh,
2: busy more. I've been busy more this year than I ever been yeah ever been in music i recorded three albums with three different bands this year that's amazing so in february we did uh inciting riots like you know the cd thing is like out of you know no one listens to cds anymore now everything's going to streaming and all that shit yeah so we we were like you know we want to put out a record so we put out a seven inch it's so funny because we just recorded the seven inch in february and we just got an email just now saying it's almost ready to be shipped. So we're like, okay. We were hoping it was going to be a year later. But we got five songs on the 7-inch we're about to release. Oh, okay. So the one Super I have good. isn't the one that. I'm not sure. Maybe Lenny gave you a, a copy of it. It's called Turn Off the News. It's a new
1: That sounds new really one. familiar. I, I would so, have to.
2: Yeah, check it out. And then I just record. I play bass for the homosexuals. We just recorded the whole album, 10 songs. Uh, that's being mixed and dying species just went in the studio and I'm going to finish my vocals for that tomorrow.
1: Actually. Wow.
2: Yeah. Well, all this you know.
1: stuff, when you start posting, uh, you know, obviously got to share. Yeah. And then when it comes Absolutely. down to when we publish this, yeah, I want to make sure and get as much information to put on the information when we publish the, the podcast, sure. which will be in a couple of months easily. Yeah. Um, but other than that, was so home life and work life and everything is just—it's finally—it's working now for you. Or I mean, yeah, like how I mean, how you—that's that's, funny—is you make me seem like I'm lazy now. I know,
2: right? You know what's funny is I consider myself lazy because, but it's so crazy because, dude, I've been so fucking busy, right? So first of all, it was just skateboarding, doing the wasteways, and then I had a, a ex fiance. That didn't go over well. It ended up just going bad, you know? And uh, then I got just like in this fucking deep, deep fucking depression, you know?
1: Yeah, I can
2: relate. The deepest depression where you're just like, you know, I I work Monday through Friday, but dude, like on a Saturday, I never even got out of the fucking bed. I got out of the bed to fucking piss and get a drink of water and be back in bed. I would get out to grab beer.
1: That's it. I didn't even want to drink and that was after Selma. I mean, I, right. I mean, I was just like deep Yeah, right? I can and, relate. and
2: I was doing inciting rights, you know, still cause I've been doing that with Lenny since 2014. I don't know how many years that is. What I've been in the band nine years. Lenny's just like uh, a lot of people don't know him. Like I know him. He's like, he, he comes across, you know, uh, whatever he comes across as, but I'm telling you right now, he's the sweetest, biggest teddy bear ever. Oh yeah. And a, and if he's your, like, he does not like this there, but if he's your friend, he will, he will do a lot for you. Oh yeah. Anything for you, you know?
1: Yeah. Well, he, know, he, he came he, onto the podcast. That was huge to yeah. me. I didn't think yeah. I would be able to get him to come on the podcast. Sure. He's a great guy, but, uh, you know, when I was doing like, uh,
2: and said, right, she's doing that. And I was, like, coming to practice. She's like, dude, like, what are you doing with yourself? I'm just like, nothing, man. I'm just this out. And yeah. I'd be talking about ex. He's like, stop talking about her. She's done with you. I'm like, forget all that stuff. What else is there? I'm like, well, homosexuals messaged me. And they like, like, yo, will you play bass for us? I'm like, well, I'm not a bass player. And they're like, well, perfect. That's what we want. <laughs> we want someone that doesn't pay, play bass. But, you know, it's funny. It's I do play bass and I do have a bass guitar and a bass amp and all this stuff because I, you know, do home recordings and, right. you know, do my, write my music and so, but I'm really, I never really played bass in a band, you know, and I told them so that. So it's you knocking
1: know. you out of your yeah, comfort so, zone. Uh, so
2: I told those guys, I was like, no, I don't know if I'm ready for that, you know. Yeah. I, I, I Originally, I told those guys, I was like, no, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think so. You know, and they're like, okay, well, Thanks, you know, whatever. And then and Lenny is just like, dude, I think it'd be good for you to join that band. I'm like, why? He's like, dude, okay, you're out of your comfort zone and you can yeah. be introduced to a whole different crowd of people that you normally don't hang with. Maybe you can meet someone else or maybe or you just like get out of the comfort zone and have fun. So I'm like, Okay. Yeah. Yeah, you know what?
1: It's a you're new it's I'm a new gonna, way of thinking too. Yeah, so I was
2: kinda like, Yeah, you know what? I'm gonna do that. Yeah. So I called Chris Henry. And Screaming Yeehaw's uh, Hobo Torch, uh, Homosexuals, guitar player. Yeah. And I was like, Chris, yeah, I'll do it. And he's like, awesome, dude. Yeah. So it's funny. It's this? I was in that deep depression, and that kind of like brought me out of it. And then right. I started doing the other band. And then, um, yeah, and then I'm doing three bands. And, and then I met my, uh, well, I started hanging out with my wife that I'm married to now. But I hang out with her. Got married. Uh already have a job, but uh my oh, old job has been having me come and work because they're doing political. It's a print company. They do a lot of the political science. Oh, okay. So I've been doing like two jobs, three bands, and now I'm then and, and now I'm married and now it's just like it was cool when I was depressed and single and I had nothing going <laughs> yeah. on. You know what I mean? <laughs>
3: I totally do.
2: But now it's like, what the fuck did I get myself into? You know? Yeah. <laughs> but, I now, totally but now did. the other job dropped off, which is thank God. And me and my wife have been talking about buying that company by the way, which is hopefully is gonna work out. Wow. Yeah, but um and but then I, and you know, when we were talking about that, now i have got a huge promotion at my job now. So I'm like, oh fuck I pretty much have my life right now going, What the fuck am I gonna do? I'm running my dude. I spread myself so fucking thin. Like, what the fuck am I gonna do? But guess what? I'm doing actually everything I love. So that's that's the key to life. And guess what? I'm not so depressed anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I'm waking up every morning, cleaning the house, doing the dishes. You know, yelling yelling at my daughter because she still lives with me. You know. Yeah. Yelling at daughter and boyfriend because I found like. Black uh, marks on the spoons and stuff that I had to wash and shit like that. <laughs> like, get the fuck out of my house! You yeah, know? <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. You know, I still live the punk rock life and doing it at fifty, dude.
1: Yeah, you know, that's brilliant. Okay. If you ask me, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's again, you make me see. I mean, I, I, I've got my things. I do this. I had the charity program that was more public, but now I just I do it behind the scenes. So I paint skateboards, I make them complete, and I just give them to unfortunate kids. Yeah. I have a whole big batch that I'm giving that got donated. So in the interim, I'm painting a series of 10 decks for the guy that donated all these boards. And so by Christmas, I'm going to be giving away at least a dozen skateboards and some helmets. That's amazing. And I don't want to make a big deal of it, but it, it keeps me focused because doing that, it makes me justify having what I have. And I still kind of have the skateboard company, but I like doing things my way. And I don't want to really put together a team yet because I'm not ready for all that. But at some point, I'm going to be like, all right, fuck it. And I'm going to bring a bunch more down on me. Yeah. Because, you know, I still do my landscaping. That's for the main gig. Yep. But it's time for more music. And it's just, you know, it's just, it's that time. And it's, things are coming in together to where I'm starting to realize... I can do those things because I do, I have a problem with depression. I've had forever. So when I had to leave Soma that, you know, and again, all the rumors and everything that was going behind it, I was afraid to go outside. I was actually ashamed to do anything. I yeah. was just, it was a really weird place. So I started filling it with little things. And now with all this, that's going on, I've got my groove, but I'm not quite there yet. I need I need a little bit more music, maybe a couple projects that I can do. Sure. Even if I, you know, yeah, write music twice a, a month. You yeah. know, we have everything right there. My wife just goes in; she's learning the drums, so she just goes in there and plays. And you know, I got a new pedal that I was messing around with, and I'm like, ah, eh, it's not for me. I'm going to stick with my old school. But to be in a place where I can pick up a new pedal and try to figure it out, and then be like, eh, nah, right is a cool place to be. Absolutely. Number one to be able to buy a new pedal. Yeah. I've been f- f- around with that lately too. And it's it's kind of fun. I got the uh raw dogged um, it? What's it? I've always raw
2: dogged it. Yeah. But now I'm like I mean yeah, I've been playing guitar for thirty years. Yeah. And I've been around people that have all these pedal boards and shit. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But I have like ADD. and Like my mind goes over. And and when I'm on stage, it's like, dude, I wouldn't remember what fucking pedal it was. I would get so fucking confused about all these pedals, you know? That's why I keep it simple. I just started out with one. Which one are you using? Right now, I'm just using the. Well, what's cool about this pedal is I play in the three piece band, right? You know, three piece. It's like a little. So, what I'm doing is I'm using two amps instead of one. I put one on that side of the station and the other one. So, I got this pedal. It's called X. No, it's called A, B, and Y. Yeah. So, what's rad about the pedal is like I can – with the pedal, I can control each amp individually instead of – I used to days to chain it, mm-hmm. which you could only use one, you know, power source. Yeah. And one – but now I got the X, the uh, A, B, X pedal. We can individually control each each amp individually and then you can hit the pedal for the, you know the amp on the left side hit the pedal again the amp on the right side yeah then hit it again both, both amps. stereo dude it is like the if you're a musician and you Oh I I I have an AB switch it is it is the best thing and it, so that's but I, you know, I do love the choruses and and all these other kind of pedals and like I want to start an experimenting more with that. But yeah, I do love it. Yeah, uh, I don't know if I'm gonna do it live yet. I mean, I do that A B Y pedal, but as far as the effects, like like I said, if I have too much going on at once, like I get all fucking uh, where am I on the song all of a sudden?
1: <laughs> yeah, because I got the um, the orange metal. Yeah. Oh, cool. And then yeah. I've got a super chorus. Sure. But I have those linked in. So I just I just have them on. Yeah. And that's it. If anything, then I might lose some distortion. But I find I can play and I can pick or I can, I have all my tricks because I don't play the bass normal, but I have right. to have it distorted and I can make it just sound surfy. Yeah. Or I can make it sound like Barney from Napalm Death right. while trying to grunt out, you know, We'll just use our imagination, but I have this enchanted pedal. I got it number one because it's the spookiest. It's, it's not the shit the way that I play. It you know, Lemmy's in his grave goes. Oh god, he's playing again. <laughs> oh fuck. It's but I like that control for myself, and it's kind of because I can't play guitar with the damn right, but I can play a distorted bass right. I can play a clean bass right. And it depends on what strings I'm in the mood for. I mean, I can I can add on it so hard, but yeah. I have my core that I really like, and sure. it just I the guitar doesn't even have to be there, and I can make up in harmony on my bass. That's great. So. Really fun, but I'm just not doing it in a, in a band right now. Yeah,
2: <laughs> what's funny is what you're just talking about. I am doing that in a band with homosexuals. I play the clean bass and I play with the distortion pedal. Nice. So which yeah. I really love it too because you know I can I can play the clean bass and then when I want it to be whatever it wants to be, you know I can hit the distortion pedal and you got just that just much, that nice much more. And, of, and, and, and all, with the other two guitar players, just yeah, it's, it's a lot of meat. It's a lot of meat. Absolutely. And I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So, I'm having a lot of fun actually in the, in the San Diego music scene right now.
1: Yeah. There's, a, there's um, a lot of bands that are popping up all over. And, um, who's your favorite, uh, local band? Oh, um,
2: God, that's a really good question. You know what mine is? The Grids.
1: Okay. I remember seeing that name. Um, Ryan Fox. Oh okay. Fish oh Wipe. yeah, yeah, that's right. It's one
2: of his bands. That's right. And, the, a, and they definitely sound like Fish Wipes. Yeah. You know, they actually cover a couple of Fish Wipe songs. Yeah. Cuz uh, that was one of the the bands in oh, San yeah. Diego that just oh, yeah. was so inspirational, you know. And Ryan's so crazy and and they had that solid solid uh um just constant like Matt on the bass is he's Oh phenomenal. yeah, man. And, and Gar is yeah. just ridiculous. So basically
1: the grids is Matt from Fishwife and Brian, so Matt is doing it, and then yeah. Tony, who's yeah. my neighbor over there, is okay. the drummer. Oh, okay. And we see yeah. Ryan. Actually, my wife just saw Ryan this morning. Oh, nice. And I seen him a couple of days ago. Oh, sweet. Yeah, he's yeah. he's around. He's he's oh he's, Ryan Fox. He's yeah, his yeah, He's, yeah, my he's buddy. love that guy. He's helping with my. He donated money to my charity when I first started it during COVID. Dude, he, he was
2: doing he, his he, own. You should thing. see what he did. He he had a whole. The guy is the sweetest man. Ever. He's I've. He he yeah. goes around and delivers all people food, and yep. stuff during COVID, and yep. And is he's done so much for this community? Not only rocked this community, oh yeah, rock and roll. Yeah, but he, I, I got, got freaking chills. This is awesome. <laughs> it's
1: awesome. Yeah. Well, you know what? On on the note of of Ryan, mm-hmm. um, Clint, I got man, I got to thank you. And this this is just the beginning. You know, absolutely. We're gonna we're gonna have to hang more. Sure. Um, I'm. Literally could sit here and just keep Why, chatting, I'm but sorry we got to for
2: my uh, brain farting uh, during the podcast. Like, uh, you know, I don't usually do podcasts that much, but. It's all good. Uh, you know, it kind of gets in your head sometimes. You start brain farting or thinking about, you know, the timelines
1: and shit. Well, that's why I don't drink a lot when I'm doing these because oh, no, I man. will just... I'll say the same thing five times well, in a row I, and I say... Hope it I I didn't say the same thing over over. I no. don't think I did. I just didn't say anything. <laughs> we got we got a ton of information. Um, there's yeah. going to be a lot of shout-outs to, you know, all of our friends. and Absolutely. And thank you for giving me more of the history. And I just... You know, the short-lived guys and going from Schnitzel to being able to do what I did at SOMA and just to be a part of all this and to be yeah. part of all this talent. Again, I can't, you know, express it enough. It's so humbling. But to be able to get other people's stories, that, that's priceless. And, and it you know, priceless,
2: too. Is when we all knew each other back then, but everybody's getting older. Everybody's life happens. Yeah. But, you know. When you come back around and yeah. reminisce about it,
1: yeah, and we're telling the I story. It. I
2: love it. That's great, man.
1: This is what it is. It's just history. Clint, thank you. Yeah, thank music, you. music history, San Diego history. Absolutely. Can we Speaking go out with them. a short-lived song? Yeah, let's do a short-lived song if we can find it. To uh, before we get to our outro, now Jerry's going to have to find this one. Oh, so what do you? Which one do you want to go for? Um, oh, I don't even know. Are you gonna, Happy Day. Sure. Off of uh, All the Agony. Yeah. That'd be so. Over all the
2: Agony. It's a great song. Yeah. I'm just thinking More Happy 50, Day because of. Victory
1: Garden. Happy Day yeah. sounds good. Because we get, we, we went to Jeff <laughs> and yeah. um, so we, <laughs> this is the first time that I had to do backing vocals and, you know, we're all doing happy Day. Mm. and I'm even off tune now singing it. So I was, you yeah. know, keeping low. But a funny story that they've told before is um, John from Bucko9 Yeah Tried out for the same band that I did called Mind's Eye They were like a metal band Yeah So He also tried out for Short-Lived You know
2: that? Oh, he did? John Really? Bucko9,
1: yeah Wow, I had no idea
2: when, when when Davey had first left Yeah Oh Yeah Um, But uh so you might have to send him those. The
1: the I think they're hard to find on. YouTube I don't even either. know if they're going to be on there really. Are we going to be able to find them? I think we're going to have to go out with our break anchor and our, our yeah. usual outro. Okay. But um, yeah. So oh, it, when I tried out for the band, um, they told me that I was too um, what I can't remember. Fuck, Jared, do you remember? Was it that I was too punk rock or too metal? You're too English. Too English. Too English. I've had so many things told about my vocal style. Cliff. Right. Cliff Cunningham. Social yeah, spit. Oh, absolutely. Told me yes. to lose the English accent. He did. I said, "Fuck you." <laughs> fuck no, you. I didn't say. I was fuck just fuck like, you, "I was like, what do you? What do you talk? This is the way I sing." I mean, Waddy's a huge influence on my singing. yeah, uh, yeah, but nonetheless, you know, he's still doing social spit, and I'm.
2: I sitting love here doing this he's yeah. You know, sweet man.
1: He's he's the legend. Great. Oh absolutely. We find some short lived or we We're just killing it. Clint, uh, thank you, brother. Well thank you for having me. I appreciate you guys.
2: Yeah. yeah.
0: Thanks, bro. Yep. This podcast was recorded at Red Rum Skates. mixed by me, Jer Music provided by Breakacre. We appreciate all our listeners and our guests. Please stay tuned till the next one. Have a great one.